Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A warning, this series contains discussions of themes that might be distressing for some listeners. like a nightmare. Even living in Gaul is like a nightmare. There's so many memories on that, you know. Close my eyes at night and I still see them, you know. Sometimes I do think he's still there, but he's not. It's the reality of it all. And what do you want to happen? Oh, I want someone to listen. The Boy in the Water is a newsroom.co.nz production. Mysterious circumstances, improbable theories, a debacle of a police investigation, and a small town on edge. What really happened to little Lockie Jones? Kia ora, I'm Melanie Reid, Newsroom's Investigations Editor. Welcome to the seventh episode of our podcast, The Boy in the Water, U-Turn. WorkSafe initially charged Gore District Council with failing to comply with a duty that exposed people to the risk of death or serious injury. 
and late December, the council pleaded guilty to a downgraded charge of failing to perform a duty. But Lachlan's father... Oh, it was just before Christmas, uh, probably about a week before Christmas, if I recall, and um, I was at home and Paul came roaring up the driveway and he says, you're never going to believe what's happened. I said, what? And he said, the council have pleaded guilty. Now we're going to pause and take you back to the WorkSafe case against the Gore Council. The council had been preparing to fight serious charges brought against it by the Workplace Safety Watchdog in relation to Lockie's death. The council had brought in top lawyers to defend it in what was shaping up as a David and Goliath battle. Then, out of nowhere, just before Christmas 2022, the council seemingly folded its tent and pleaded guilty. It came as a total shock to Paul Jones and Karen Maguire, who were both hopeful the court hearing was to be their chance to have the entire case re-examined. Back now to just before Christmas, when Karen and Paul found out about the council's guilty plea. I was like, what the fuck do you mean they've pled guilty? They assured us they were going to fight this the whole way through. Um, But it turns out that WorkSafe had downgraded the charges, like massively, and so the council accepted the charges and then that was it. It was all over before it began. There was no court hearing, nothing. It was just all so weird. After years of anticipation, the WorkSafe case basically melted away. It went from the council, all ready to fight the charges, at the risk of them getting a huge $1.5 million fine, to essentially a slap on the wrist with a wet bus ticket. I mean, of course, the council was definitely going to be plead guilty to that, but we just couldn't work out why. Why had WorkSafe downgraded the charges? Right, so you'd gone from getting yourself all amped up, really, this is going to be game on. Yep, this to bring on the new year. Like the whole thing just dissipated. I was just like, what the hell is going on and what do they know that we don't know? Well, I can tell you what we did find out and we found out that WorkSafe has a memorandum of understanding with police. So that means WorkSafe has access to the police files. And remember, the police reinvestigation file included a review done by forensic pathologist Martin Sage, saying, as you know, that the 2019 post-mortem finding of death by drowning was unsafe. Clear as day, it said, and I quote, there are no findings which of themselves supported a diagnosis of drowning. WorkSafe had that report. We asked WorkSafe directly if they had that report and they said they were aware of it. Oh, there you go. It just shows that WorkSafe probably realised they didn't have a case to charge the council with. The more serious charges then, doesn't it? But WorkSafe tells us it routinely amends charges and it was done in the interest of bringing the case to a resolution. Anyway, Paul was pretty pissed off because now all the evidence wouldn't be heard in court. Yes, he was very upset uh, and I get that big time. Here's Steve Parry, the Chief Executive of the Gore District Council. It looked like we have just done let him down, and that wasn't the case. Um, but at the time, very upset, because and Paul said to me, you know, you promised you'd maintain this not guilty plea. And that was true. 
uh, on the high charge. So it was like days before Christmas. Yes, it was days before Christmas. Uh, I mean, the mayor had um, already taken off for holiday and then uh, I got a signal via our lawyers that um, there might be a prospect of WorkSafe entertaining a lesser charge. And this was groundbreaking because up until that point of time, there were suggestions that WorkSafe might want to reconsider its stance given the enormous amount of publicity and the huge question marks being placed on the adequacy uh, and accuracy of the police investigation, which in turn WorkSafe relies on. Um, WorkSafe up until that point had shown no inclination to back off. And so just before Christmas, we got the sign that um, WorkSafe would be prepared to look at a lesser charge, which is a charge of failing to comply with a duty. Now that's all it says, failing to comply with the duty. And to be fair, the council has always acknowledged that the fencing, which has been in place for the, the thick end of 50 years, didn't actually conform with the revised desirable standard of the industry, which was introduced towards the end of 2017. So we've always known that that was a, a, a shortcoming that would be used against us in any any hearing, um, even though we were completely unconvinced that the fencing or the, the perceived inadequacy of the fencing was a cause of Lachlan's death. So just for the listeners, in terms of uh, the change, the dramatic change in the charges, how would you quantify it? So the wording in the first uh, charge under Section 48, which was then dropped, is failing to comply with a duty that exposes an individual to risk of death. That's pretty graphic. That's that's kind of eight and nine out of ten, you know, in terms of seriousness. Uh, the lesser charge under Section 49 of the same Act is failing to comply with a duty, which relates to offencing. No mention of causing death or serious injury. And I, I think that's kind of in that two to three area. So they, they are massive drops. The clock tower is just behind the Gore Courthouse, so you can hear the chimes from inside. Opened in 1980, the court here is an unassuming single-storied building with just one courtroom. The same design was used in many other parts of the country around the same time. It's where we are now going for the only thing left of the WorkSafe case, the sentencing. Uh, before I start today, um, I'd just like to make a few comments, if you would. Judge Russell Walker is presiding. Uh, I want to acknowledge the presence of uh, Lockie's father uh, and his partner, uh, wider family and friends uh, who are also present, uh, and representatives of both WorkSafe and the Gore District Council, uh, along with any others that I haven't mentioned who have been touched uh, by Lockie's passing. It's March 6, 2023. Inside the district court are lawyers, representatives from the council, media, Paul and Karen, obviously, Paul's dad. Lockie's mum isn't here. Back to Judge Russell Walker. I acknowledge that this is going to be uh, another 
tragic occasion for those people uh, and that nothing I say today in court is going to make the pain that you feel any better. Uh, while it's my task to sentence the Gore District Council for its emissions in relation to fencing around the oxidation ponds, uh, I do not lose sight of the fact that at the centre of all of this uh, is the loss of a young life. And it's also clear to me that the ripple effects of that throughout the community uh, have been substantial. So accordingly today, uh, I'm going to start the proceedings uh, by having a minute's silence to mark Lockie's passing and to show respect for his memory. Thank you. Would you all stand? Oh, huge respect for Judge Walker. Uh, the way he came in and approached the courtroom and had a minute's silence for Lockie was absolute. Just he just had he just had huge respect for him, and it was really really nice to see. And the whole time he acknowledged Lockie by name, you know, he wasn't just the little boy in the water, he was Paul's little boy. And it was, um, I thought he did a wonderful job. Emotional. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So ordinarily I might address you... Back inside the court, both the counsel and WorkSafe have put in written submissions and the judge is going to decide on any fines. Now you're going to hear the voice of WorkSafe lawyer Rachel Woods. Uh, before I address Your Honour, uh, Mr Jones has requested that he be permitted to read his uh, victim impact statement which has been submitted to the court. Yes. Uh, I understand there's no objection at all to that from my learned friend um, and I wondered whether it might be appropriate to do that, sir, at the outset. Um, I, agree, I agree, Ms Woods. Uh, all right, Mr Jones, if you'd like to come forward. Um, just wherever you're comfortable, Mr. Jones. Thank you. Uh, there is no greater loss than a, the loss of a child, and I can certainly vouch for that. The death of my son, Lockie, affects me every moment of every day. I live with the heartbreak, the grief, and the trauma and it has seriously impacted on all aspects of my life. On top of this, this is the extraordinary de-stress associated with my quest to find the truth about the death of my son. The circumstances of which I consider to be two substandard police investigations have led to an incorrect conclusion pertaining to my son's death. Because of this and the battle of the battle I face trying to find out the truth, I've not been able to move ahead and begin, let alone go through the normal process of grieving. I don't want to go into any detail in this forum about the heavy personal toll it's had on me, but I've suffered major health effects and the financial burden has been enormous. It's in my view on the 29th of January 2019, the fencing and the gates at the Gore Council oxidation ponds had no bearing on my on the death of my son, and the council are no part responsible. My view that my son did not die from accidental drowning is well known. Thank you. 
Thank you, Mr. Jones. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Despite what the court just heard from Paul Jones, the lawyer for WorkSafe, Rachel Woods, sticks closely to the original police line. So the facts underlying this case are well known, and I mean no disrespect by stating them briefly. Late in the evening of the 29th of January 2019, Lachlan Jones, then aged three years and eight months, was found in the southernmost of the Gore oxidation ponds. A post-mortem examination concluded that he had drowned. Let's hear that again. A post-mortem examination concluded that he had drowned. The lawyer for WorkSafe is quoting the now-discredited 2019 post-mortem finding. Remember, WorkSafe had access to the police reinvestigation file, and in it was the expert report from forensic pathologist Martin Sage, saying you cannot conclude Lockie had drowned. His death prompted a WorkSafe investigation, resulting in a charge being laid against Gore District Council for failing to take steps to address hazards associated with the ponds by failing to design, install and maintain appropriate fencing to prevent children from entering the ponds and to deter other members of the public from doing so. Through its guilty plea, the Council has acknowledged that it failed in this regard to meet its duty under Section 37 of the Health and Safety at Work Act to ensure that its workplace, namely the oxidation ponds, were without risk to the health and safety of any person. We've edited this next part for length, but basically WorkSafe's lawyer Rachel Woods talks about the foreseeable risks of the ponds, describes the fencing around them, and also the likelihood or not of a small child getting into the area, all according to an expert WorkSafe engaged to assess this possibility. I've addressed your honour there on the issue of causation because obviously we have this situation, sir, where the expert has opined that it wasn't reasonably foreseeable uh, that a child as young as Lachlan might be in the vicinity of the ponds unsupervised. Yes. Next is Garth Galloway, the lawyer for the Gore District Council. While this tragic incident prompted the WorkSafe investigation, importantly, Your Honour, it's not alleged that the standard of fencing alone exposed Lachlan to the risk of drowning. And this is because it was not foreseeable that an unaccompanied three-year-old would venture into the area. Again, we've edited this for length. It's not clear how Lachlan 
entered the oxidation pond area uh, or the water. And in my submission, the court should be careful uh, in regard to that issue. We'll never know uh, how Lachlan made his way there. Thank you, Mr Galloway, and I thank uh, both counsel for their comprehensive written submissions, which have been helpful. Thank you, sir. Those are just some of the excerpts from the hearing. But here now are parts of the closing address from Judge Walker. Uh, the court has heard a victim impact statement read uh, by Lockie's father. And I just want to thank him for coming to court and doing that. It's clear uh, from what he said today that he does not agree uh, with the conclusion reached as the cause of Lockie's death and does not attribute it to accidental drowning. He does not hold GDC responsible. GDC is the abbreviation the judge uses for the Gore District Council. As I said in my preliminary comments uh, this afternoon, uh, today uh, I am dealing solely with the charge before me and the acknowledgement of responsibility in relation to that charge by GDC, and I'm not in a position, and nor is it my function, uh, to engage in any wider inquiry, uh, as no doubt Lockie's father would wish. Uh, I do, however, have the greatest sympathy with him and the terrible position in which he finds himself. Now the judge is going to talk about reparations. Uh, Lockie's life uh, is, of course, priceless. The impact uh, of his loss is beyond comprehension to anyone who has not suffered the loss of a child. No amount of money can compensate for that loss. It's unquantifiable. All I can do is award an amount which is in line with other cases decided by the court where a fatality uh, has occurred. And accordingly, uh, there will be an award of reparation the sum of $110,000 with $55,000 going to each of Lockie's parents. Uh, my hope uh, is that this will at least go in some way uh, to enable uh, the parents to get whatever support they need uh, to cope with the almost unimaginable grief and loss, as well as assist them with some of the financial burden uh, I know has been placed on them. And as the case closes, you'll hear the judge's reasons for not fining the Gore District Council. Uh, the prosecutor acknowledges that any fine imposed will be met by local ratepayers and will inevitably divert council funds, which would otherwise be applied to community facilities and services. Uh, the financial position uh, of the GDC has been widely publicised in terms of the significant debt owed by a relatively small number of ratepayers. Given that the fencing around the ponds operated by the GDC has been rectified, the purposes and principles of the Sentencing Act in relation to accountability and deterrence are met by the payment of reparation and costs, and I see no point in further burdening the ratepayers of this area with a fine uh, which effectively would be paid by ratepayers into the consolidated fund. The final sentence imposed uh, is as follows. Reparation of $110,000 is ordered against uh, GDC, which is to be divided equally 
uh, into $55,000 payments made to each of Lockie's parents. Uh, for the reasons I've outlined, there will be no fine. Uh, GDC will pay the costs of uh, the prosecutor in the sum of uh, $18,874.85. Uh, and finally, uh, there will be an order for suppression of the name of Lockie's mother. Okay, so Paul, we've just come out of the courthouse here in Gore. You've been awarded 55000 so has Lockie's mother. What's your reaction to that? Uh, I've got no reaction to the money. I didn't turn up today for the money. I've never blamed the council for what happened, so the money's never here or there to me. Um, 55000 that's quite a bit of money. Yeah, I, I don't want the money. I would either give it to um, a charity or uh, put it towards uh, something that people can remember Lockie by. Uh, it's Lockie's money, it's not mine, so I'll do something that people can remember and buy, even buy a racehorse if I have to and call it Never Forgotten Lockie or something or build a $55,000 statue somewhere, just so he's never forgotten. Um, no, the money means nothing. It's not till you come home and, and grasp the whole concept of the thing again. It's like, wow, that, you know, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. They're talking about a three-year-old boy who's never coming home, you know, and, and for Paul to walk out of that courtroom and tap Steve Perry on the shoulder. Who's the CEO. CEO of the council and shake his hand was huge because I honestly thought he was going <laughs> to knock his block off. <laughs> You thought it was going to knock his blog off. Because, you know, here we had the council saying they were going to plead not guilty and all of a sudden they've pled guilty and, and I thought Paul was going to deal with that issue. But, no, I thought it was really bigger, Paul, to do that. Do you understand, though, why the council did plead guilty? Oh, I, I do now. Yeah, absolutely. Reflecting on the WorkSafe case, something keeps going through my mind. It bothers me they are still referring to the 2019 autopsy findings that concluded Lockie died as a result of drowning. I know that WorkSafe has in its possession the review done by forensic pathologist Martin Sage. Sage is clear the drowning conclusion is unsafe. So we asked WorkSafe why it relied on the discredited autopsy when it had the expert forensic pathologist report. WorkSafe's response is the 2019 autopsy done in Invercargill was the official autopsy report and that report, as we know and I quote, concludes that the death was due to drowning. In the course of our investigations, we also discovered the Gore District Council lawyers had missed that crucial SAGE report when WorkSafe had shared it with them as part of the legal discovery process. Was the council or your lawyers 
aware of the Martin Sage Forensic Pathology Report, which was in the second police investigation file? No. At the, at the time of deciding to plead guilty to the lesser charge, I was completely unaware of the Sage Report. Gore Council Chief Executive Steve Parry again. I can tell you that the conclusion, in short, of the SAGE report is that it is unsafe to conclude that Lockie drowned. Did the council know this? No, he did not. Would it have changed things? This is a report, don't forget, Mm, mm. that says you cannot conclude that this is a death by drowning. Look, it potentially could have, um, and it seems to just perpetuate the sense of unease about this matter that just deserves some sunlight and some dedicated investigatory resource to get to the bottom of us. Coming up in the next episode, what was going on with the Gore police at the time Lockie died? It was almost like it was taboo. To, to even mention it in the station. So no one talked about it? No, no one talked about it. And how unusual is that? Very unusual. Very unusual. And... Happy birthday, dear Lockie. It's Lockie's eighth birthday, and there's a gathering up at the cemetery. Hooray! 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 For more journalism that matters, including our award-winning true crime series and podcast... Peter, Alice, The Crash Case and me, head to newsroom.co.nz or your favourite podcast app. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate and review our series. It helps new listeners find us. You can also follow our social media pages by searching Melanie Reed Investigates. This series is written and produced by me, Melanie Reed, along with Bonnie Sumner and Judith Curran. It's edited by Paul Entercott. Original music by H. Pryor. You're listening to The Boy in the Water, public interest journalism funded through Aotearoa New Zealand on air. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 